Hi, and welcome to Mousebirds, your family vacation planning experts. Mousebirds is brought to you by the Tomorrowland Travel Authority Vacations Travel Agency. TTA Vacations specializes in helping you plan your Disney, Universal, and Cruise Line vacations. To take advantage of our free planning services, contact us at ttavacations at gmail.com. Our show hosts are your agents, so contact us to have us help plan your dream family vacation today. Hi, and welcome back to Mousebirds. I'm Ron, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Laurel and Rachel. Hello. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. Today, we're going to be taking the plunge and examining the water parks of Walt Disney World Universal in the Orlando area. Uh, there's a lot to choose from. Uh, Disney has its two water parks, Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach. Universal has the one water park, or the water theme park, as they like to call it, Volcano Bay. And then you've got Aquatica over by SeaWorld and Island H2O over by the Margaritaville Resort on 192. And if you want to go a little further, you've even got the Legoland water park. But we're going to kind of focus on the Universal and Disney ones today because I think those are the ones most common for people visiting. Um, and they're the more themed, the more something more than your traditional water yeah, park. Not that there's anything wrong with the others. I don't think they go to the extremes on the theming. Yeah, that's true. And I think they're also the most accessible and they can take in a high, the higher volume uh, groups of guests. So, you know, you're not going to run into like days where, you know, they're full up early in the morning, you know, at your at your standard Disney or Universal Park, unless it's maybe like peak season in the summer. But either way, like I said, the volume, the theming, there's definitely a lot of positive experiences you can have at all of these parks. But Disney and uh, Universal's Volcano Bay are probably going to be the top tier. And while they tend to be pricier than the other ones on their own, they're also add-ons to your tickets right. Ticket when you're at those parks. So they can be a lot less. Like, for instance, when you're going to Disney, you have your base ticket. Then you have a couple options you can add on. You could add on park hopping, which allows you to go from park to park. Uh, right now it's starting at 2. I have a feeling that might change next year when they get rid of their park reservations because it doesn't make any sense to have it if you don't have park reservations. And then you also have the water I, – I forget what they call it now because they've changed the name several times. But it's like the water parks add-on that includes the water parks and mini golf. And when you add that, if you have a four-day ticket, you get four entries. If you have a five-day ticket, you get five entries. And that is uh, an, an extra add-on. Now, each of those would be about like – depending on the length of your ticket, like 60 or so dollars, probably closer to 80 to 100, depending on time of year and how many days your ticket is. But if you add on the second one, like if you already got a park hopper, you could add on the water parks option for usually about 20 to $30. And you can get, if you have a five-day ticket, you've got five days of water parks added on. Universal just has, you can either get a two-park ticket or a three-park ticket. Uh and uh, the the price on that is going to change seasonally. So 
that's why we're focusing on these because we think these are the majority of what visitors to Orlando yeah. are looking yeah. for. They're the creme de la creme, we'll say. And we're going to start over at Universal today instead of over at Disney because Universal's Volcano Bay is kind of the newest kid on the block. And a lot of people think it's the best. Uh, it definitely has, I'd say, the most slides it's got. It has unique features. Uh, that are very, um, I would say, universal-specific related features, but some interesting features for even a water park. So let's start. You're going to see this one coming down I-4. It's, it's impossible to miss. It's a giant... Big volcano. 150-foot-ish. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly how tall volcano you could see from the highway. And you would think, oh, the I-4 is right there. It's going to ruin the ambience in the park. No, you don't even know that you're next to the highway. There's no noise. There's no... Yeah, it's, it's quite scene. isolated. It's a very tropical theme uh, based upon the uh, fictional Watori Islanders and their culture and their kind of pan-Polynesian culture and all that. So it's got a nice tropical theme, uh, beautiful landscaping, beautiful sand beaches around a lot of the pools and lagoons and places to relax. Uh, like all the water parks, it has cabanas and some paid-for shaded seating you can get. Those are going to vary by time of year. If you want them, get them early no matter what Universal says. We had some problems once. We wanted to just rent the kind of shaded loungers. Like they're basic clamshells. So. Yeah, like it, it's a double lounger with the overhead top, and you get uh, – you get waiter service and you have a little locker built in. And we wanted that and we tried to book in and there was a problem with the computers when I called. So they said, you know what? The time of year you're going, you're probably not going to have a problem. Just get there nice and early and book one. Got there. They were sold out completely. Every, all, all the upgrades were sold out. And it yeah. was, so it was a really busy day. So if you want those and you know you're going, get those as soon as possible. Uh, they can be pricey. The, Loungers are what I, I think it was like about 100 to 150 bucks for two. It's going to change, but the it's really going to vary on season. And then the cabanas are several hundred dollars. Uh, but if you have a large party, it could be worth it to have a nice private place that's always going to be yours with private seating and all kinds of amenities there. Yeah. But let's just get to the basic park experience. Uh, like all the water parks, there's a nice big wave pool. Uh, the Puka Uli Lagoon there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of slides. There's the Krakatau Aqua Coaster, the Kooki Body Plunge, the Kala and Tanui Serpentine Body Slides, Punga Racers. Oh, yeah, and Oh No Drop Slides, Honoika Moana Slides, Runamaka Reef and Tatiki Reef, which are the like two kids' areas. Uh, you have the Kopiko Y Winding River, which is the Lazy River. Mm -hmm. You have the Tiawa, the Fearless River, which is kind of like a lazy river with some rapids thrown into it. You have yeah. you have to wear a vest no matter how old you are to go on that. It's fun. It's not like a relaxing lazy river, but it's a fun thing to do. Uh, be a little careful. If you're not a strong swimmer, you can be bumped up against the sides. Uh, I think, Rachel, didn't you get like some seasickness? In the yeah, I, I was in that fast river. Gosh, I probably spent a total of maybe an hour to an hour and a half 
And now not all of them at once. I went in and out several times throughout the day. But yeah, I was I was super dizzy for like two days. I was still felt like I I felt like I was still in in that river when I was laying <laughs> down. Um, I could see it wait like pushing through my eyes, even with my eyes closed. It was just wow. it was intense. Yeah, it was an intense experience. It took like a couple of days for my body to come down from that. So, you know, note to self, don't go in that river. For, for that amount of time. Clearly, there you can have too much of a good thing. This is true. So, um, I get a little bit of seasickness, but it didn't bother me. I usually have to wear a patch when I'm on a, yeah. a cruise. But And one thing, thing to think about also is the fact that there you have to have the life vest, and there are there are multiple stations to enter the Rapids River throughout the like route of the river, but they do run out of life vests on busy day busy days, so don't just expect that at any time in your day you can just walk over and get a vest and walk right in. You're not going to have a long wait though. Like it might be like a couple minutes before someone comes out with your size, and like the more common sizes, they're going to have a lot more, and you're probably not going to have to wait. But if you're on the bigger or smaller side, and this one does have a height limit, a lot of the slides do have height limits, so you have to be careful with that for the kids. And there's a couple more slides I didn't men- uh, mention. Is the Tinawa tubes, the Maku Pui round raft rides, and something that I really like that Volcano Bay has that the other water parks don't is the Reef Leisure Pool, which is just it, a yeah. pool. It's not, oh, there's no waves, and you could just hang out and wait for your next slide because the most unique feature of Volcano Bay, other than the giant volcano, is the Tapu Tapu wristband. Mm-hmm. Everybody going in gets a Tapu Tapu wristband. It's free. You just gotta, you know, return it as you leave. And they've got sensors on it. You're gonna you're gonna return it. It kind of works like a magic band, magic band plus with a little screen on it. So uh you use this, you load your credit card onto it through the app, you uh you use it to unlock your lockers if you have a locker, you use it to pay for everything in the park. Uh, you also use it for the Tapu Tapu style fast pass system where you can, so most of these slides and rides, if the wait's more than 10 or 15 minutes, they don't wait, they don't let you wait in line. They make you use the Tapu Tapu to come back after that time. Right. Now, this is great if you want to just kind of go on some slides and be casual about it. I don't think this works that great if you're trying to get on everything in a day. Because when we went, I primarily went to try and get on the aqua coaster. So I tapped in for that. And it was four, five hours later. So I could not use Tapu Tapu for the rest of the day. And every slide was past that 15-minute wait. Yeah, on a so busy day. I think it it's a good concept. But I think they need to know on a busier day you have to move that yeah there's a job they need to make they need to find better like ways a to 20 make 30 minute wait on some of those slides would have been acceptable because i would have been able to do something but they have the leisure pool so uh, you can just kind of hang out there and have something to do yeah what, one of the other issues with this tapu tapu is kind of the same concept as the fast pass process or the different lightning lane experiences things like that for the standard parks now you know, you have to walk over to the slide, which whichever um, geographic area it is of the park, and then you tap in, right? 
and then you walk away and you have to come back. It's just a lot of extra coming and going. And ultimately, from the park's perspective, you know, they want you spending less time in lines and more time walk, you know, doing other things in the park, right? And then that means they don't have to build queues either. Right, right. So, like, there again, there are pros and cons to it. For me, I personally am the kind of person who loves to just go to a geography and then do all of my things and move on to the next geography, right? That's just not necessarily like the modern experience, especially when you're looking at a park like this, where it is almost it's almost exclusively tapu tapu, where you're you know doing the ride reservations. Now it works great if you don't if you want to do a few slides and relax between and things like that. But as I said, on a busy day, you're not going to be able to do a lot. Now they do have express at mm-hmm. the park, mm-hmm. but even if you're staying at any of the premier hotels, the Lowe's hotels, you're not going to get that. Express for free. You're going to have to buy it, and it costs a lot less. I think the day we were there was only 35 And if I had known about it at the beginning of the day, because I asked, and they said they weren't doing it that day, uh, I would have gotten it so I could do all the slides. But later in the day, I saw they opened it up and were selling it, but it was already most of the way through the day, so right. I wasn't going to bother paying at that point. But I think if you're want, somebody who wants to do all the slides, and it's like 35 bucks. Go ahead and do it because you don't have to get it for your whole party. And I think very few whole parties are going to want to do that. Agreed. Um, there's also, I think, another uh, with the Tapu Tapu, there's like interactive touch points like that squirt water at you or play sound underwater when you tap them to them. And they're located throughout the park. There's also, and the band will go off and tell you when your mm. uh, ride reservation comes on. And there's also like if you're using the uh, photo service, that's all tied into the band. So it's the band works. I just don't think their fast pass style service in the band is as great as a lot of people seem to think it is, especially if you're used to working a system with these things. So the other thing I think a lot of people seem to think Volcano Bay has the upper hand on is food. And I really agree with this. You've got four restaurants to choose from. The Kahola uh, Reef Restaurant, Waka Waiwai Eats, Bamboo, and the Feasting Frog, and two bars. You have the Dancing Dragons Boat Bar and the Kanuku Boat Bar. And I think the food at the Disney water parks is okay. It's acceptable. But here you have ribs and flatbreads and, Mm -hmm. like, jerk shrimp bowls and uh, mahi-mahi sandwiches. It's a lot better i think there's sushi rolls and nachos yeah the, the the quality of the food is better and the variety of foods they also have a lot more accessibility to food i mean like a lot more vegan vegetarian options than are available at the other parks um and then you know i think that the they they made the smart choice of sort of having the restaurants dispersed more evenly throughout the park as opposed to having you know all of the food stations kind of like centrally located in one space so definitely food is above par at this particular park now when we went our daughter was just over two about two and a quarter yeah so a lot of these things were not for her and i will say that like universal parks in general volcano bay is not for your real little kids they have the top tiki reef and it's a great little play area but there's hotels with better splash pads all around disney and universal it's not a draw for that. Now, these slightly older kids, like our daughter's, you know, going on five now, I would say she'd love yeah. the uh, 
the run amok of Reef because there were slides she was allowed to do at the time. She got so she got a little stuck and a little scared on one of the tube slides, but now I think she'd have a good time because they have three medium slides, mm-hmm. like what you would get on like a uh, like the standard pool slide on like a cruise ship or at a hotel level slide, and that's I think a decent size slide for you know your like six to nine year old oh, yeah. or it's- your four to nine year olds and. And the older kids' play space is huge. It's a huge physical space. There's a lot of like turf for the kids to sort of explore and there's run around. The like jungle gym that's leaking water, and then there's caves for them to explore. I think it would be great for her now, um, but as I, like I said, it's not really great for little kids. Uh, but it also has, you know, as I said, the advantages of if you want to go to a water park and you sometimes just want to hang out in the water. You can't really do that without going in a wave pool at most water parks. Right. Here, I really do think my favorite thing it didn't have or other water parks didn't have was that reef pool. I completely agree. It's like the thing you didn't know you wanted at your water park. (laughs) And I know you're saying all of you out there are saying, well, that seems, you know, silly. Every single hotel already has a pool. Yes, you're correct. Every single hotel has a pool. But what hotel has a pool where you can literally hover over the edge of the pool and watch people in the wave pool have, you know, do all yeah. the crazy things and in the wave pool. There's a slide, a clear slide tube yep. that goes straight through the yes, pool the, that you could watch people. Correct. The water coaster has a tube that literally feeds through that pool. So you can watch people as they slide through the tube, uh, through the slide. Now, I will say the biggest problem, the park is not the kids. It's, getting there uh unlike the disney parks you can't just park at the water park you have to park at the universal parking structure Mm -hmm. uh you have to pay to park there you don't have to pay to park at the disney water parks or you have to take your universal shuttle right and then you have to take a shuttle from that area even if you're not staying at a hotel you have to shuttle there in some way unless you're staying at cabana bay that hotel has its own entrance Mm -hmm. uh around that's I, what was it about like a five minute walk, maybe. Uh, well, okay. Uh, Laurel eating ice cream pace is my pace, so that's probably about ten to fifteen minutes. It wasn't. No, it me. wasn't that. It was but, it was five minutes, even pushing a stroller. But yeah, it, you know, it's pretty close. Uh, so that's kind of Volcano Bay. Now let's move back over to Disney. Uh, normally, Disney has two water parks: Typhoon Lagoon and. Blizzard Beach. Now, traditionally, until the pandemic, they were both open the majority of the year. Uh, one would shut down at a time for like six weeks, or give or take, for refurbishment every year in the winter. And But the majority of the year, you know, for nine months out of the year, both were open. Now, since the pandemic, only one has been open at a time. Right now, it is Typhoon Lagoon. But because of the schedule last year, we're kind of anticipating... Though we don't have any definitive answer on this, uh, Blizzard Beach taking over again sometime in the mid-fall through early spring, late winter. Which would allow for Typhoon Lagoon to do their yearly maintenance schedule if they chose to do this. So Right. We we anticipate because last before they didn't do it for a year and a half, and then Typhoon had to close for a while because it needed more extensive work. So... We're anticipating Blizzard Beach to be the fall to like the wintery because its theme works for that. 
uh, coming up. So let's go ahead and talk about Blizzard Beach. Yes, absolutely. So let's first talk about the theming of Blizzard Beach. Um, really, the whole backstory behind this park is that it's like a freak snowstorm that happens in the middle of uh, of Florida. And as a result of this snowstorm, there's a lot of snow that's like fallen smack dab in the middle of Orlando. And the whole theming really is behind this like half melted frozen ski resort wonderland kind of experience. Um, now, you know, we're not talking about a lot of live plants like you would have at the other uh, you know, major water parks in the Orlando area, there is a lot of uh, kitschier theming that is like man-made sculptural type theming. But uh, just because it's not necessarily natural plants and things doesn't mean that the theming isn't good. And I also um, think that the ski resort kind of concept is way more original than what you might consider as a traditional oasis resort style water park, right? Which are the other two themes. Uh, so for the theming also, they have their own like specific mascot. It's this alligator kind of mascot who sort of does his surfing kind of skiing kind of vibe. And then there's also uh, some frozen characters that were recently added through um, the last year in the, children's uh, play areas. So, you know, that's the general theming. They also do have some uh, holiday music that plays th- uh, seasonally during, you know, in certain areas of the park. And they also have like this foam early, like, I guess it's like the, the sea foam or not sea snow. foam, this snow, right. It's like the pretend snow. That's like a foamy snow that comes out at certain times of the year as well. So, uh, now, in terms of the hours, it's pretty much the standard basic hours for all of the um, water parks for Disney. Ten to five is the average hours. And then usually during peak seasons, like in the summers, um, maybe like nine to eight-ish, something like that. So that, the hours do adjust. That's one thing. Volcano Bay tends to have longer hours in general, usually nine to seven or yeah. even longer than that. That's true. Now, um, you can also get different kinds of premium seating kinds of uh, packages available through this park. Um, they do the four person clamshells, which are like semi private. And then they have the more private patio seating, like a person, almost like a personal cabana for like six per six people or more. Usually anything above six, you have to pay like additional fees and things like that. But the nice thing about these cabanas and the personal seating is that you have dedicated seating that's usually in shaded areas. Um, there's usually access to different kinds of um, included things in your package like towel rentals and locker uh, space and um, uh, and access to different kinds of food and uh, drink through servers and waiters. Uh, now, one thing that um, we didn't necessarily mention per se with uh, Volcano Bay is that uh, for all of these uh, water parks, uh, life vests are typically included with the purchase of your ticket. So if you need a life vest, they obviously want you to wear it. So they they have them available. You can also bring your own personal life vests or flotation devices, not like tube related devices, but um, anything to do with like, you know, personal flotation, like a personal life vest. And then um, they also have uh, different kinds of quick service and bars as uh, as well. The one downside to the food at this particular park, in my opinion, is that it's not super original. It's all basic, like a standard Americana fare. Um, and they have primarily the one main 
lodge or, you know, the one main place where you can get the majority of the food items, the, the Ladawada Lodge, which is great. It's huge. There's a lot of space, lots of different foods you can get there, but it's like one location. So if you're in, if you're kind of sprinkled through different areas of the park, you're kind of a little bit more limited on the different options you have for food. They do have a few other options, like little, little stands like the Avalanche and the Warming Hut, Frostbite Freddy's and, you know, um, I think they have icy expectations, different, you know, dessert or savory related snacks or small meals are available. But again, they just don't have as much seating and they're certainly not going to have as much uh, variety. Uh, they do have a bar as well. The Polar Club, uh, the Polar Pub, which is their primary bar. I think they have one or two pop ups that sort of um, pop up throughout the year or the seasons. But in terms of the different kinds of theming, again, there's minimal theming. Some of the frozen drinks are going to have some clearly, like, you know, themed experiences to them. But aside from that, everything's quite standard in terms of the Disney packaging on the food. Um, Now, one area of this particular park that really excels, in my opinion, which I think many people feel the same, is the kids' dedicated play spaces. So let's start with your smaller little kids, which is the Tykes Peak area. It does require parental supervision for all children under the height of four feet. Uh, But this is kind of like the uh, splash pad kind of space for your, you know, two, you know, your like one to three year olds. Um, But the nice thing about this space, it is pretty elevated. It's not your standard splash pad. There's a lot of things going on here. Lots of little squirting things and different kinds of slides that are available that are built in. This is where you're going to find a lot of the frozen characters. So if you've got a little frozen fan, uh, this is definitely a place to go hang out. Um, There's also a little sand pit and um, different little spaces that like even parents can kind of participate with their kids with like waterfalls and slides. And then there's the older kids section which is the ski patrol training camp, which is, they, they, they say this is really for preteens. I would say, you know, this is really like height and weight dependent uh, for your kids, but they have some slightly more advanced slides that are available. And they also have some like physical challenges um, that are, that, you know, are super fun. Like they have the zip line experience and they have the like little iceberg flotation balancing thing. Definitely cool. Uh, and unique and very American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, it is kind of American Ninja Warrior. That's funny. It's actually a good way to put it, but it's very themed and it goes so well with this particular theme. I think kids really just go gaga for this space. Um, The other interesting thing about this particular park is they have their own singular lazy river. um, And it's just a standard river with the tubes, but it is long. It does go around the entire circumference of the park and The unique thing about this lazy river is, in my opinion, the theming, because there are these random times when you'll get splashed with really ice cold water. (laughs) So, you know, the temperatures at this park for the water is like standard temperatures, but those little like jolts of little frozen water do kind of remind you of where you are (laughs) for sure. And then um, last but not least, I'm going to start talking about is really the slides. Um, So this is kind of where some of the peak theming is in uh, in this particular park, uh, they really do a great job in the slide theming and offerings for the different slides. There's 17 slides in total. Um, there's also a uh, wave pool, and then there's also a ski lift. Let's start with the wave pool. So the wave pool is called the Meltaway Bay, um, and this particular pool is very different than the other pool at Typhoon Lagoon, which we'll certainly talk about later. 
Um, for this pool, it's a little bit more of like a gentler wave action. This like the intention isn't to like stand up on a surfboard here. The intention is to be able to sort of um, enjoy uh, the the consistent wave actions. And they do allow you to have the pool floats. Uh, so like the the inner tubes you can have in this particular wave pool, which is kind of nice. And it just creates this constant bobbing sensation. Um, and it is a little bit gentler to be able to bring younger kids into the pool. It is a smaller wave pool. Um, so, you know, visually compared to Volcano Bay and Typhoon Lagoon, it is visually smaller. Um, and then for the ski lift, this is really a ride. Um, it's basically like if you were a person who skis and you know what a ski lift is, you're literally walking right up to the seat and then the bar goes down and you're being lifted up to the top of a peak for your ski. That's really the gist behind the, uh, the ride. Uh, but the intention behind the ride is to get you to the top, uh, without having to take all the stairs up. It does have a height requirement. Um, so, you know, something to keep in mind is that they have to be kid, uh, kids have to be 32 inches in order to ride the lift. But if you can't, if you have a person in your party who's going up to the top, um, then you can always take the stairs up. Um, the family slide that is the, um, what's the family slide called again? Uh, the family ref ride is at the top of this uh, particular, like with the group of slides that are in this area of the park. So, you know, something to consider is when you're bringing all of your kids up, you know, to that particular slide, definitely think about who can and can't ride the ski lift. Uh, you can also ride the ski lift if you're not interested in going on any of these slides, then you can just take the stairs down. Um, and then the, and the nice thing also about this particular uh, ski lift is that it does take you up to two of the like single slide shoot rides. Um, one of them, Summit Plummet, is probably one of the most famous slides for the two water parks. Uh, this particular slide at one time was considered the tallest water slide in the world at, at 120 feet. And guests could potentially go up to 60 miles per hour, you know, while going down. So it's a pretty slick ride, that's for sure. And then um, in terms of the other rides right there, there's the Family Raft, Team Boat Springs, and then there's um, several other rides to, uh, throughout the park. A couple of other, like, noteworthy would be the Downhill Double Dipper. So there's a segment of slides that are really like this toboggan slide style. Uh, but the interesting thing about the Downhill Double Dipper is it's the world's only side-by-side -side racing tube slide. Uh, so if you want to really do like a tube race, this is where you go to do this. Um, and slot, tubes can even go somewhere up to around 25 to even 30 miles per hour. And then the toboggan racers is, again, the only you know water slide toboggan racer kind of experience um, in the Orlando area. So it's eight racers can toboggan race up against each other. Um so it's super fun. And then one other notable thing about this particular park is its physical location in Disney World. It is next door to the Winter Summerland Mini Golf. So if you want to combine that into like a fun day, there's definitely like a lot of Winter Summerland kind of theming that that can be had. So, yeah, that's the the gist of Blizzard Beach. Yeah. So that's like a newer park. It opened in, I think mid nineties at some point, 95, 96, I can't remember offhand, but which was at the time was Disney's third water park. The first water park no longer exists. That's river country. That was over uh, by Fort Wilderness. 
But so his first water park that still exists is Typhoon Lagoon. Uh, you know, nice tropical, similar theming to Volcano Bay. But uh, Rachel, why don't you take Typhoon Lagoon for us? Absolutely. Um, I love Typhoon Lagoon. It really kind of brings me back to my childhood, particularly for all of those of us who grew up in the 80s. Uh, because this particular park did open in the summer of 1989, um, so I I still have prevalent memories in my uh, of my youth uh, going to Typhoon Lagoon, which is probably why it holds such a special place in my heart. Um, before I really get into all the different things at Typhoon Lagoon and why it's so special, well, I'm just going to give a little tidbit on how the theming was designed for Typhoon Lagoon. Um, while I think from my personal perspective, I think I kind of always just assumed it was some kind of um, Swiss family Robinson meets Robinson Crusoe castaway Island kind of uh, concept. Uh, apparently there is a, there is an actual storyline that goes with it uh, with this, with this water park. Uh, it's inspired by the legend of a typhoon an earthquake and a volcanic eruption combining to create an Island. <laughs> I know. I was like, man, that's intense. Uh, And this is where the breaker waves, a towering watershed mountain, and a stranded shrimp boat come in. So apparently that is how they they came up with the theme, Um, was basically a typhoon, earthquake, and volcano at one time. I like it. It's a very perfect storm of them. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is kind of like a perfect storm. Um, They really overdid the uh, backstory when they were building things in 89. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> never pay attention to the Pleasure Island backstory. They had oh, plaques yeah. everywhere. Yeah, like for just as a series of clubs, like they created something that would be like a backdrop for like a fantasy video game. Yeah. Uh, one other interesting tidbit about Typhoon Lagoon, which is uh, probably my favorite, my favorite little um, trivia piece to Typhoon Lagoon because uh, I don't know about you guys, but whenever we go to Disney, what is our, one of our favorite things that we love to experience, which is uh, walking to like your own theme music, right? So everywhere you go at Disney, there's theme music playing everywhere. Apparently at Typhoon Lagoon, um, all the background music, majority of it, most of it has lyrics. And apparently that, apparently this is, this is the only Disney park that does that. That is interesting. You know, now that you mention it, you're right. Like, cause there's like a lot of beach boys and there's like yes. some other kinds yeah, of like, yeah, it's very, it's of. very like surfer heavy, like, you know, Annette and Frankie soundtrack song, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, Jimmy Buffett, beach boys, um, like SoCal surfer bands of like the fifties and sixties. There's definitely like, like the music has a, its own vibe. For sure, but I that was interesting to learn that uh, apparently it's one of the few instances in the Walt Disney World where you hear any music with lyrics, which I thought was fantastic because I absolutely love the background music at Typhoon Lagoon. It's one of the things that uh, for me really enhances the experience at Typhoon Lagoon because I dream about this playlist. Um, <laughs> the um, uh, truth be told, the playlist of Typhoon Lagoon is what actually got me through grad school. Uh, was dreaming about going to Typhoon Lagoon and uh, dreaming and just like listening to the music of the background music on like a Disney or like an iTunes playlist. And uh, it was, it was what, it's what gets me through the day. In fact, sometimes I even just pull it out for fun and listen to my Typhoon Lagoon playlist just to get, get myself in the summer, summer 
castaway vacation vibe. Uh, but here we go. Let's talk some about the, you know, what does Typhoon Lagoon have to offer to you as a guest? Um, the Probably the most famous part to Typhoon Lagoon really is its wave pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the, you know, pièce de résistance, and it is certainly the cream of the crop of wave pools. Uh, it is a huge wave pool. Now, it does not allow you to bring, like, life preservers or anything like that into this pool. Uh, you can, of course, wear life vests if you uh, are so it needed, of course. But this wave pool does what they call huge typhoon waves. Now, they, usually the waves are set up in, like, 30-minute increments. So, like, every 30 minutes, um, they usually do a set of typhoon waves. And usually it lasts, like, 10 to 15 minutes or so. And then it stops for a bit, and then waves will start up again. And this is, like, a constant throughout the day. They have a huge machine, of course, that causes that, that causes to, to create uh, the actual typhoon-style waves. But it is intense. And it is the highlight of most people's day at Typhoon Lagoon. And, I mean, I think I myself have been in that wave pool for hours, not wanting to leave or only leaving once the wave stopped <laughs> to go get, like, a snack or something. Um, because it it really is an experience, and it's really kind of what makes your day there. Um, they have a lot of really great slides, uh, but I would say that the theming of the slides are what you would expect with Typhoon Lagoon theming. But they're not, to me, like the best slides you've ever seen in your life at a water park. Um, But they have a lot of different slides of different kinds. So, of course, you have like your tube slides and, of course, you have your body slides. um, And, and of course, you have like a high drop thrill slide always. And, of course, you also have your one, at least one family uh, style raft ride. Um, I do think that there are a few part, like a few different slides to really point out here that are really kind of fantastic. Um, Crush and Gusher to me, it still stands out as an amazing coaster ride. Uh, what's really cool about that ride. I, I want to say that that was one of the first coaster, like actual roller coaster style um, water slide. I, I could be wrong on that, but I feel like that was at least for sure the first one in Orlando that I can recall. And uh, it is a, it, it's an interesting experience. Of course, you're not having to haul your raft or anything up to the experience. They, of course, provide it for you. But that type of a water coaster also has more propulsion in it. So it propels you throughout the slide and feels more like a, a like a roller coaster experience. Plus, there are peaks and valleys. So you do have to go up and down like a roller coaster, which is why there is a propulsion device that pushes you up. Um, which to me is a a really fun experience. And of course, because there are three different options on the Crush and Gusher, you can go on it as many times as you want and it won't feel different each time. Yeah. And Rachel, you are right. It it was the first water coaster that Disney built at one of their water parks. Yeah. Um, If they had a Disney water parks trivia around here, we would win. (laughs) (laughs) I was pretty sure that that was the first one. (laughs) Because uh, I remember them making a big deal about it whenever they opened uh, for the when they when they opened Crush and Gusher for the first time. I feel like they had used that as like a highlight marketing tool. So um, uh, another, I think, particular ride that people tend to really love and it's very popular is the Humunga Cowabunga. Uh, I mean, 
obviously the name alone uh, should tell you that it's a drop slide, but it, it, but it's also just really fun. But that kind of goes with the kitschy theming of a lot of the different names of like the restaurants and the, and the slides and the locations in the park. Um, the whole intent and purpose is obviously that it's, it's intending to try and uh, feel very much like a, like a SoCal Southern surfing, uh, adventure park that is like a castaway island it's like all of this you know meshed into one um a couple of other really great uh things i love there is uh of course they you know the castaway creek which is the lazy river um i I have been known to lazy river myself for several hours um taking up two intertubes just laying there in the sun and uh falling asleep in, in the lazy river impressively and not waking up for like an hour. Uh, yeah, that would be me. I will say that the lazy river is particularly rela- a relaxing river. Relaxing lazy river. Um, the last ride I will kind of talk about a uh, slide that I, that I personally really love um, is the misadventure falls, uh, which is basically your family. Uh, the Misadventure Falls is basically the family-style raft ride. Now, most water parks have a family-style raft ride, raft ride, but this one is truly special. It it is very story-driven, um, <laughs> and it also has again another you know modality to it that really helps you as a guest. You don't have to climb any stairs to get on this particular. Uh, slide which is probably why it's my favorite slide (laughs) because um you get on it at the bottom of the slide and then you go on to a conveyor belt that literally carries you through a story all the way up to the top and then you get to then go down through the rest of the story to the bottom where then you you know casually uh get yourself out of the giant tube and then continue on your day but this particular ride always has long lines, surprisingly, even though it is a continuously moving ride. Um, and it, it really is just a, a fun experience. There's also no height uh, requirements on it. So you can take kids, uh, younger kids on it as well, um, which I wish we had known that last time we were there. I don't know why, but for some reason, I think we thought that we couldn't take the kids on it or maybe we didn't want to take the kids. They didn't kids. want to go. Yeah, our, yeah. Once our kids got into the kids' play area at Typhoon, they pretty much didn't want to leave. Um, yes. That was, you know, <laughs> yes, for sure. And it's the only slide. It's the only thing at a water park to feature an animatronic. Yeah, I was about to say that. That's the one with the animatronics. Correct. Super fun. Yes, it has animatronics, which is why it's such a great storytelling uh, ride. Um, the, the, uh, one other, now there, obviously every, every theme park, as we know, has different lands, if you will, uh, water parks at Disney are similar in the sense that they have different sections of the, of the park, um, at, you know, Typhoon Lagoon, of course, there is going to be a children's section or the, uh, younger youthful area for the kids who maybe are not as, as capable of going onto the big slides yet. Um, they call it, uh, Ketchikitty Creek, which is a fantastic name. Um, I really like Ketchikitty Creek because it has a lot of different options for the kids to move around in. There's like sandy bottom pools, but they also have a couple of mini slides. 
um, just different water play activities for them to do. Um, it is probably not as robust of an experience for the kids section as uh, the newer park um, as Blizzard Beach, but it is still joyful. And for sure, our kids definitely had a good time there. They spent yeah. hours. I remember our, it was, was Andy three and a half? Yes, three and a half was the last time we took her. And, you know, she was just at this point broaching the age where she was feeling a little more comfortable going on slides. Well, we weren't really, I mean, you know, we weren't pushing her to go on slides, but we turned around and she had walked off briefly, you know, in this area, it's pretty safe. So you want your, you know, your older, slightly older toddlers can walk off and kind of go and explore, but she walked off and then I walk, I turn around, I go, Hey, that looks like Andy coming down that side. <laughs> and yeah, it was that she, they, they caught her at the bottom with her tube and she literally just walked right up there. I guess the uh, lifeguard was like, come on, come on in. And then, you know, she was like, <laughs> okay, like, you know, clearly just like you do. And she sits on the tube, goes down the slide. And then she just did that like 10 times in a row without even coming to us or asking us to help her or anything. It was kind of a unique little moment as a parent, you know. I'm not sure why we didn't try to encourage Fizz to do it. But, you know, he was only like a year and a half, I guess, at that time. So yeah, yeah, he, small. yeah, yeah. like, like <laughs> I said, the fact that she was tenacious enough just to walk right up and just to check it out. And then the late, then the lifeguard was friendly and was like, come on in, come get on, you know, check this out. I guess it just sort of warmed her heart. And she was like, all right, I'm in, in. <laughs> the, heart, the heart is warmed. Um, so, um, Yes. So Ketchikitty Creek, of course, is the kids area. Um, And there is, of course, mini slides. And like I said, sandy bottom pools. So lots of different opportunities for the kids. Um, Now, Typhoon Lagoon also has your, you know, your fancy rental options like your big cabanas or your 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 clamshell loungers. So you have like your your upgrade options there, Um, which are worth it. They really are. They they really kids definitely worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you go, if you're going to be in a large group, you may as well just get a cabana because it is just so much more comfortable. Um, now let's talk about uh, the food at uh, Typhoon Lagoon. Um, I I think personally, the food options at Typhoon Lagoon are probably slightly better than Blizzard Beach, but yes. only slightly. Um and that's only because they probably have just a few more options, um, but also the options are more spread out. Yeah. And so, there's a theming to their food too, yes, right, Rachel? Yes. There is there is quite a bit of theming with their food, uh, particularly like the the restaurant, little little restaurant quick service places have different names that are definitely really interesting. Um, but then you also have two bars. Yes, there are two actual bars at Typhoon Lagoon, although I think my favorite is probably the Let's Go Slurpin', uh, which, of course, you know, is a hint, hint, wink, wink on the Beach Boys theming there. Um, and uh, you can also do a refillable uh, a refillable cup, although it's, I guess it's not, it's not like your typical cups that you would get at the uh, resorts. Um, I guess it's more like a thermos, like a refillable thermos with a straw kind of deal now um i think that um in my opinion the cups that they used to have at typhoon lagoon used to be more functional Uh, i'm not really a big fan of the those new cups that they're doing 
they kind of remind me of the cups that they do at Universal uh, and Six Flags Parks, which feel a little bit cheaper <laughs> than like the nicer cup with like a lid. Um, fine for like a day. I mean, keep in mind, this isn't like a mug that's expected to be for your entire seven day stay at the, you know, this is a day. They're just to give you discounts on the refills. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But for someone like me who collects those cups and likes to use them throughout the rest of my life, because I just have to, you know, forever live in my past experiences. um, (laughs) It's just not as uh, practical of an item for me. Um, that's my only, you know, only dispute with the cups. But I do really love the fact there, that there are five different areas to order food yes. at Lagoon. Um, and the food options, of course, it, it ranges between what you would expect in your standard, like chicken fingers, um, cheeseburgers, chicken sandwiches. Um, but you also have other more interesting options along the way that are kind of on the seafood side. So like, you know, they have fried shrimp. Um, I think one stand, I think I saw actually had a shrimp Louie, which kind of cracked me up because I'm like, really, they're going that far. Um, so they, they do kind of explore the, the seafood options at Typhoon Lagoon, which does make sense, you know, considering the theming. Uh, I do think that the food at Typhoon Lagoon is not as good when it, or at least as versatile, you know, maybe as, as broad as it used to be. Um, I think before the pandemic, they used to have options also that were inclusive of like Mediterranean or, um, you know, Tex-Mex or like uh, style. Yeah, like they had they had um, a more variance on the different uh, ethnic culture style options for food um, besides just your, you know, con- you know, typical Americana um, but at least at Typhoon Lagoon, you still have colder options too, besides doing hot food. Like they do have cold sandwiches um, and you, they do have a couple of areas where you can get salads. So there are options across the board that you can get. Um, but from, from one perspective, what's nice is that the food is spread out. So depending upon where you're sitting, you know, you don't have to walk as far to get food, but if you want something that's at one of the stands all the way on the other side of the park, that can be a little bit annoying, I guess, outside of like Blizzard Beach where most of the food is consolidated to the center. So you kind of, everybody kind of goes to like the one place to get the food. So you don't really have to go searching for food. Right. But there's also um, lines and crowds. So yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like yes, there's pros and cons to every one of the layouts and every one of the designs. Exactly. Pros and cons. Um, there, There is also your, you know, your typical, um, your typical like ice cream uh, stop as well. Um, I think one of the things that is unique to Blizzard Beach and um, and uh, Typhoon Lagoon is what they call like their sand pail Sundays, yeah, where yeah. they do the ice cream Sundays, but they put it into a sand pail, uh, which obviously acts you know you know twice as fun because now it's a toy. So after you're done with that ice cream, it's an actual functioning toy for the kitties. Oh, yeah. During the 50th anniversary, they made some changes to that dessert and made it the 50th, you know, designed dessert. I'm hoping, you know, when we go back for the 100th for Thanksgiving time period, that they will have a special one for the 100th. Yes, this, that, that, would, be, that would be stupendous. Um, there, You know, as we were kind of mentioning earlier, uh, there are... Uh, some cons, of course, to each 
park. But before I really get into the cons to Typhoon Lagoon, I wasn't sure, do we want to kind of do like a breakdown of what we think are the best pros and cons to each park instead of me just going yeah, through? Let's, let's say like, let's go back and talk about what we think each, like the best in each category, like best slides. Was, I, oh yeah, which park has the best slides? I think that's going to go hands down to Volcano Bay. Yeah, I would say yes. The Aqua Coaster is probably long as long as the three ones of Typhoon Lagoon put together. You have a bunch of slides that have multiple paths. Some of them have four that they're close, but they're not identical. You've got drop slides. You've got the plunge slide where the floor falls out from underneath you. It's just got the latest and greatest tech as far yeah. as the slides go. So what's our next ranking? Kid-friendly? Well, I, I, let's break it up. Toddlers. Okay. Toddlers and preschool. Toddlers and preschool. I would say Blizzard, Blizzard Beach. Beach. Yeah. Blizzard Beach. Yes, I think they have one extra slide in their toddler preschool area than what type of does. Yeah. I think Typhoon only has maybe like one and a half slides um, in their area. Although the toddler preschool area at Blizzard Beach, it's hard to tell how big it is. Um, the Ketchikitty Creek area feels pretty big when you're in it. But on the map, it doesn't actually take up very much space. So it's it's interesting. I I would say probably Blizzard Beach. Yeah, only again newer theming, um, but the nice thing about kids is that they're not always looking at theming; they're just looking to have a good time. So, so you never know. Um, they they kids may enjoy Catch Kitty Creek more just because it's in like a, a more luscious yeah, environment. That's true. But I would say this: if you had to say, should I bring my toddler to a to Volcano Bay Universal or to a Disney themed water park, you're going to pick a, a Dis- one of the Disney water parks for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about like your preteens. Well, uh, yeah, you grade, know, grade like school. Grade school to preteen kind of age. I think, once again, I think I'm going back to Volcano Bay. I think there's a yeah. lot for them to do. I'm, I'm actually going to go to the blizzard beach and i'll tell you why um well it could because they have that really unique kind of obstacle coursey kind of area but they also have multiple slides that don't require or i should say that are a lot safer and comfortable to use for on the younger end of that spectrum like the grade school whereas i think like preteen would be probably closer to volcano bay so I would actually say that Typhoon Lagoon is a better option for the preteen age and range. Grade school. Um, okay. Okay. Tell me your reasons. <laughs> because of the wave pool. Um, <laughs> kids in that range, of course, want slides, but they really want like something that feels fierce and something that gives them a thrill. Okay. And the pool at Typhoon Lagoon really does give you that thrill. I mean, sure, you can, you have like the fast river at Volcano Bay as well, but I think that they get a more continuous thrill with a wave pool because of the fact that the typhoon waves come every like minute or so. Yeah. And so 
it's this constant up and down of their of their emotions and fears. So that's why I think that the and that's what kids in that age range want. They want slides, but they also want big thrills that are accessible to them. So and the wave pool is absolutely accessible to their age range. So so we're literally all three split down the middle on the grade school preteens. <laughs> Which is, I don't think you can go wrong at that age with any of the parks. I agree. Do we want to talk about adults or relaxation or what what do we think is more? (laughs) I think relaxation has got two things. You've got your lazy river and you've got just kind of generally relaxing. Lazy river, I've got to go with Typhoon Lagoon on that one. I'm definitely going with Typhoon Lagoon. Same. Typhoon Lagoon is definitely the place for relaxation. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I was just saying, it just really hits home. And I like the one at uh, Volcano Bay, but I think it's just a little too fast to be a relaxing lazy river. It's a fun lazy river, but I don't think anybody could just fall asleep in it. I agree. And Volcano Bay has a ton of different options for premium seating. A lot more options for premium yes. seats. I, well, I was just about to say that is that I think I think what Volcano Bay does a little bit more than the Disney parks is that they really take advantage of the marketing value of their like premium seating, but mm-hmm. also their cabanas. Their cabanas like look like miniature like, houses. Yeah, like, I yeah. mean, like, I I. I I still think to myself, eventually at some point we have got to get one of those cabanas at Volcano Bay. Yeah. I do understand. It's like a it's like a tree house and a and a cabana house all wrapped into one. No, I, I couldn't agree more. There's like a luxury experience to the cabana premium seating experiences at Volcano Bay, which yes. is definitely a leg up for them because Disney's experiences are um a little I mean, I'd say meager, mediocre compared to Volcano Bay. And the prices are not well, too far. They were added as an afterthought at Disney, I think, because yeah. they, those things didn't exist when those parks were built. That is a good point. Um but I think general relaxation, just those plunge pools that they have, like the reef pool, and I think when we were there, uh where the drop slide pool and out, part of that was also a pool you could just hang out in. I think that might even tip some relaxation scale towards Volcano Bay because I really like just being able to sit in a pool and, you know, be wet when I'm at a water park as opposed to sitting around on a lounger. Well, to be, to be honest, if when I think of relaxation, I also try to think of calming And Volcano Bay is way too colorful. And not that it's not fun, but there's so many... Too much stimuli, right? Yes. There's so much competing colors and so much competing activity going on around you. It is also a tighter park, so it's not as large of a walk area, meaning that you're not having to walk as much area to be able to access each slide. The slides are more tightly packed together, which is smart, um, which is where I think I kind of feel for Laurel in the sense that when it comes to general seating, there there it may not be as many that are like a, a higher quality seating. But to get that really higher quality seating, you have to pay those premium prices at Volcano Bay. But 
I just find Volcano Bay to be overstimuli, like way too much overstimulation for me personally, which is why Typhoon Lagoon is a little bit softer. Um, it gives, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's real mellow. Um, yes, there is a more mellow feeling about it. I mean, type even the music at Volcano Bay, from what I recall, felt a little bit more younger, poppier, and just more youthful. Maybe I am an old fogey. Maybe that's why I love Typhoon Lagoon music. But, you know, there's something about Typhoon Lagoon just screams relaxation. So, And what's the next rank? Are we going to rank food? Food? Yeah, I think food. And I think to me... Uh, I, would, I, I would say Volcano Bay for food. Oh, yeah, hands yeah, down. Hands down. And drinks. I, like, I think they all have good tropical drinks. Yep. But... I think Volcano Bay has food and drinks together. I thought that their drinks that they offered were a little bit more interesting, a little more contemporary. They also have their specialty mugs and cups and things. And I think the bar was a fully stocked bar. Disney has a Disney has more bars scattered around but they have less. Yep. Behind. Yeah, them. yeah, no you you yeah. And a, a lot of their things are like pre-mixed and things whereas a, a slightly more upscale at Volcano Bay. And a lot of their bars have more seating at Volcano Bay, which is another thing, because usually the ones at the Disney water parks are like walk up to it and walk away. <laughs> um, so, and then the food, like we've said before, is just like literally the best food you're probably ever going to get in a water park. I would also go as far as to say that Universal Parks in general, if you were to compare it to Disney, now granted, there are obviously way more Disney places to eat. But generally speaking, because of the way that food is consolidated at Universal, I think their food is more, you know, it's far superior in comparison to Disney. When it comes to quality, I feel like you're getting a better quality at Universal. I think um, Universal, there's consistency yes. that Disney has a harder time achieving without charging all of the excessive prices. And I think this is a newer development. I think yeah, universal food is taking a while. Starting right about the time Potter entered just made leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. Yes. Before that it was barely some of it was barely edible, I think. Well, or certainly yeah. not talking points, that's for sure. I mean, I I would say that while universal food may not be as overtly designed or as overtly creative, maybe in some ways as some of the Disney themed food, the actual quality of what you're eating is, is usually nine times out of 10, absolutely delicious. Um, in fact, it's just part of the reason why I'm very much looking forward to like our two days at universal for this next trip, because I really just kind of want to eat uh, mm -hmm. because I, I just know that they have just made leaps and bounds in their food. And hence our last year, our trip, our last trip that we did family trip to Disney um, when we ate at the chocolate emporium also like just another moment where you kind of go, OMG, there really is amazing good food here. That is not just a hard rock cafe. I mean, there was definitely a time period when it felt like universal just really wasn't, they weren't, they weren't, they really weren't slam dunking uh, on the food. And it just could be because maybe the themes that they were going for weren't as interesting um, or maybe the restaurateurs that they were bringing in just weren't as high quality. Or, but 
but the, you know, they've made huge changes in like the last five years, I'd say five to 10 years alone at universal. And it really is now a true competition of food. Um, I'm actually more excited about food at universal than I am at Disney. And that's saying a lot <laughs> um, because there is a lot of food to eat at Disney. There are so many places to go. And it's not that, you know, I still have places I have not eaten at, but I am more interested in the newer places at Universal than I am about other things uh, on our other Disney days. So challenge me. <laughs> <laughs> Do so, anything else to rank? I I think that kind of covers most of it, right? So let's talk about then um, what is your favorite park and what's the, what is your favorite pro, but what is the one con you want to say about your favorite park? Park. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Who's going to go first? Ron, you want to go first? I, I still think my favorite is going to be Typhoon Lagoon. And a lot of that is nostalgia. That's the one I've been to, you know, probably over a dozen times as opposed to just a handful for Blizzard which I haven't even gone in 20 years because we've always gone to type. I've always gone to typhoon. I know you guys have been more recently and I haven't been to volcano Bay enough. And I do want to give volcano Bay another shot. But once again, I think our daughter's just getting to the age where I think it's better for her. So right now it is still typhoon lagoon. And I think it can, and its biggest con is it can use a little bit of updating. Like, yeah, they've added the uh, water coasters and they added that family raft slide, but they took away some stuff to do that. They took away Shark Reef, which was one of my favorite things for the thing. So I think just the basic slides could use a little bit of that upgrade, a little more added thrill. Add that body plunge slide at some point. Um, because it it's great, and it was really the first I really think of a new breed of just non just here's some slides here's a pool kind of water park, but it still kind of feels like it's a little older than the others. Mm, yep, it's it's aged. Yeah, it has aged. Rachel, what about you? Uh, I I'm with Ron on the Typhoon Lagoon is probably my number one choice. Um, and not that I don't like doing other water parks, but I think it, for me, it's nostalgia. Um, I think probably my number one favorite thing about Typhoon Lagoon is probably the wave pool. I just absolutely love the wave pool. I don't even, I don't just love being in the wave pool. I like being near the wave pool, even catching those like, you know the little the little snippets of the giant wave as it gets to you in the end. Um, I just I just really love Typhoon Lagoon, the wave pool, and of course like the music and the theming is just for me it's it's heaven. Um, my one con about um, about Typhoon Lagoon is the sand. There's just, there's just so much sand. <laughs> there's just so much. Volcano Bay has more sand. Yeah, Volcano Bay has a lot of sand. Really, because <laughs> really, because I, I do not, I do not recall there being as much sand at Volcano Bay as there is at Typhoon Lagoon. Can I say uh, this, Rachel? Without sand, it's just a glorified swimming pool. <laughs> but 
but there's just so much of it. And maybe I only notice it now because my kid likes to put sand everywhere. And so then I feel like it's just like all over the place. It is everywhere. Um, maybe, but, but yes, that's my one con sand. Thank you, Anakin. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. I want to change this up a little bit. I'm not going to deny the nostalgia factor that there is of typhoon and the relaxation effects. Okay. But I am going to go with blizzard beach. I am. I have been saddened by the limitations of accessibility of blizzard beach during the pandemic before the pandemic. It was my favorite park. The last time I went, I was literally wait for a pun blown away by what I experienced when I went to Blizzard Beach. And I just love the theming. I love the funness. It's unlike any ex- other experience. If you could take a Disney like section, like if you could take Fantasyland, right? Because that's a hugely intensely themed section of Magic Kingdom. And you turn it into a water park. That is what Blizzard Beach is. It is so uber themed. It is, there's just, uh, and the kids just go crazy. And I will say this, I kind of like that it is not the level of intensity on the rides like you have at Volcano Bay. Like it's, there is a comfort, there is a accessibility that I truly appreciate. And on top of that, they have like the, the unique types of slides that they offer are unlike anything other experience you have. So, you know, for me, I'm definitely going for Blizzard Beach just because of the fun factor. And and I just know our kids are going to go crazy over this place when we finally get them there. <laughs> just know. I can't wait. I have Rachel's level of enthusiasm for photography when we get to this park with these kids. But con, I, it's so tough to talk about vacation and not talk about the food. If I could just talk about Blizzard Beach and not ever talk about food, I'd be in heaven. The food is a definite con. Um, it's just, yeah, it's very blasé. I'm spending this whole time without talking about the water park donuts at Disney. I guess, you know, we should talk about the donuts, which are a thing. There's also the pretzels. So, like, they always have a stuffed pretzel but and the donuts. Donuts are, they're like, donut, like, mini it's like little donuts. mini donuts are, like, they're, they're, like, the little... Like almost like Entenmann style, like mm-hmm, the powder, mm-hmm. but something about those just there's something great the about box them. of donuts. And basically, your only breakfast food you're going to get at the Disney water park. That's true. That's true. But, but yeah, the, the food, uh, the food's food a problem. The, yeah, I I agree though. Like the food at the water parks in general is just so blasé that it really makes you almost wish that you had just brought your own packed lunch. It's like it, yeah. I, I, I could have enjoyed a packed sandwich. As well as I could enjoy, go get a public sub and bring it in and enjoy it the same for half the price. Yes, um, no, I, I completely agree. And and you can bring your own um, coolers into the park. You you can't bring like ice, but you can have ice packs. You know, so definitely, you know. Should we challenge this on this next trip? Maybe oh we gosh, should we bring a picnic lunch. We'll just, you know, pack pack sandwiches. Pubs and a- pub subs. Uh, it's pub subs and colas. Um, yeah, you know, we'll maybe we'll see, we'll see, and then we could talk about it. Uh, but I think one thing we all want to be clear on is any choosing any of these three is not a bad choice. That is true, and and we should probably also talk about the proximity factor of when you're choosing. You know, which uh, 
water park to go to, if you're doing a Disney packaged trip, it's a much better value to just stay within the Disney water park experiences if you're combining your you know experiences into your package. Trying to choose to go to Volcano Bay if you're doing a Disney trip can be extra pricey. If you're not going over to Universal at all for your trip, I wouldn't recommend it, and yeah. vice versa. It could be inconvenient. In fact, the last time we went to Volcano Bay, we specifically – I know this this is such a – like a trade secret, but we specifically rented or not rented, you know, we, we got a hotel room at Cabana Bay for the night so we could enjoy the experience of walking back and forth to Volcano Bay and enjoy like the whole, like, cause they have this whole fifties vibe and Volcano Bay kind of has the same vibe, you know, like we were just like, we were going with it, you know? Um, and, and, and for us, like that worked really nicely, especially with the stroller and not having to deal with the shuttle and the stroller and our daughter slept the whole time, each time we walked and, you know, so for us like that worked out really nicely, but you know, I wouldn't necessarily say if you're on a Disney package trip to stop what you're doing and head over to Volcano Bay and vice versa. I wouldn't say to a universal party, you know, go over to the Disney uh, parks because, you know, it's just not as convenient and the proximity can be a little bit of a challenge. And I think that's kind of the reason we're focusing on these three and not Aquatica or the Island H2O because they're not really attached to Disney or Universal. Not that they're bad. They're just not as accessible. You're going to need a car to get them or take an Uber or something. It's not part of a resort. Uh, I, I mean, they're part of other resorts, but not... The major resorts. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Island H2O feels like a more local water park. We drive by it daily when we're down there. It's right on 192. And I haven't heard anything bad about it, but I haven't heard about it being a destination either. Aquatica can be a destination, especially if you pair it with Discovery Cove over mm-hmm. at SeaWorld. Um, and I think it's a lot more uh, – it's closer to being on par – like attractions-wise, at least, to the Disney and Universal Park, where Island H2O is just smaller and fewer slides, but it's like it, it's something like the locals can get an annual pass for for like 100 bucks. So that kind of is part of it. Or if you're staying at Margaritaville or on the, there, it's fine. Um, and it's a little cheaper than the others by like 10, 15 bucks a person at times. Yeah. So that's part of it, but... For focusing on the highly themed water parks, which is what we wanted to do here, my, my our advice is go with what's convenient unless you really want to check out one of the others sometime down the road. But I don't think any of them are worth making a trip across town for when you have one that's more convenient to you. Well said. Well, does that wrap us up? I think that'll wrap us up for the water parks. Uh, Rachel, anything to say? Well, and the Disney water parks give you free parking. Yes, that is a big draw, specifically, wow. especially if you're staying, well, not if you're not staying at a Universal Hotel, that makes a big difference. Uh, and it makes it a lot easier to get to if you're staying at a Universal Hotel as well. Um, so I think that's going to be it for this episode of Mouse Birds. If you're interested in hearing more about uh, how any of these water parks 
can fit into your vacation and help with your vacation planning, please contact our travel agent sponsor, Tomorrowland Travel Authority Vacations at ttavacations at gmail.com. And you'll get one of us as your agent. If you want to request one of us, just put it out in the email as well. Uh, if you have any comments on the show, that's mousebirds at gmail.com. So on behalf of my co-hosts, Laurel and Rachel, thank you guys and have a great night. Thank you. Have a good night. See you real soon.